Welcome to Comfortable Place on the Couch Series 2, a regularly scheduled podcast where two Canadians talk about a band full of Australians and one New Zealander to Midnight Oil fans, and here we get to say it properly this time, all around this Earth Earth and Sun and and Moon. My name is Darren Folds, and in the coming months, I'll be listening to those Midnight Oil songs that didn't make it onto their studio albums. We're talking about B-sides, covers, demos, and maybe even a few other tracks if the fancy strikes me. Joining me each episode is my best friend and fellow Midnight Oil enthusiast, Robin Harbin. Welcome to the couch, Mr. Harbin. Thank you. It feels like it's been a while, but it's probably only been... It's been about a month, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to be regular on this stuff now. Yeah, it's good to be regular. Uh, We moved down the (laughs) step. Ha, ha, ha. The couches have been moved from the sunroom... To the basement. Back to the basement again. We're getting ready for yet another... Canadian winter, Darren. It is October. Late October. Late October, and we are talking about Earth and Sun and Moon era demos and B-sides and stuff tonight. But before we get into that, yeah, you were asking, how do I pronounce these names? Am I right in presuming that you have some business as usual? Yeah, sort of. I, I just want to thank everybody. I, I put a tweet up on... No, I didn't put a tweet. I posted on the Facebook. You tweeted workers. on the Facebook. Yeah, I tweeted on the Facebook. So Darren and I have been working on our Growing Up 80s podcast, the other one. Yes. And we did our first sitting on the couch video. Like a video podcast. Like a video podcast for Growing Up 80s about the C64 Mini. If you don't care about the C64 Mini, then don't watch it. But you might find it amusing to see Darren and I... Sitting on this couch that we've been talking about for the past couple of years. Yeah, you might want to see the couch and actually see the two of us, bearded as we are, nerding out together. So anyway, we'll, we'll put a link to that just in case you're interested. Yeah. But I took a screenshot from that without the 64, just the two of us, Darren, waving at the camera and so on. Yeah. Posted it on the Powder Workers group on Facebook. Oh, and there was I a miss lot of, my friends on the Powder yeah, Workers group. Yeah, and there group. was a lot of love. You haven't been on there lately. I deleted the Facebook account in <laughs> Yeah, January. you got right off the Facebook. So I gave everybody a heads up that we'd be recording this podcast this weekend. Told yeah. them about the four songs today. Because, you know, there'd be a new podcast coming soon. Yeah. Do their homework, right? Sure. Yeah. And we've had 37 thumbs up and hearts. Oh, right on. From our good friends there. Well, let me send my thumbs up and hearts back to my friends on the Powder Workers yeah, Facebook it, it, group. Our good friend Todd. Ah, the Todd. Yes. Lachlan. Lachlan. Scott. Hamish. Bjorn. Nancy. Oh, good old Nancy. And Kay. So thank you to everybody who's been showing us some 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 thumbs up. Some thumbs up and love. (laughs) We hope that you're still listening. Yeah. And even if you're not, we are going to finish what we started. That's right. We are going to do this. And we still want, I think I've promised at least to, even if we finish listening to all the Midnight Oil we want to do, yeah. for sure, we're looking forward to getting Rob Hurst's solo album. Yes. It's going to arrive. I think yeah. you still owe me like... I think I still owe you plenty of dollars. Plenty of dollars for that. It should be arriving... I'm paying you in cups of tea. <laughs> hey, I thought I thought that was free with oh, all the free. gas I spent driving over totally here. It's totally free. Free as tea. <laughs> free as tea. Right. When Rob, her solo album arrives, yep. I think we're going to go deep into that. Yeah, that sure. Might, let's do it. That might even be like a two-parter because 
Yeah, why it's, not? It's a lot of good songs on that Rob Hurst solo album. Great. And we're still expecting a new Midnight Oil album in 2019. I'm expecting it. I am totally expecting it. And boy, we are going to go... Hog wild. Hog Bananas. wild when that happens. We're going to like do a podcast for each and every song. Probably. And okay, we've both got our orders in for the Domain DVD. Yes. The Armistice Day Show DVD, That's which right. is coming up. We the got anniversary is coming up. Yeah. But like, okay, and Jim's has an album that came out the last uh, week or so with yeah. uh, the, I'm going to call it the Family Dog. Yeah, the fa- and the Family Dog. And, but like the guys have been putting stuff out, like there's the Powerful Owls EP that came out earlier this year. Yeah. It's like, man, are we going to go into it all? I'm I'm saying let's do the Midnight Oil songs. Yeah. We'll do the Rob Hurst yeah, album. Yeah, the Rob Hurst one seems like a real special event. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what else happens. Yeah. And like Pete's solo album was so good. I know. I'd and love never, to do that. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. You guys, yeah. you guys let us know. The more of you that let us know that you want us to do those sort of things, the more likely Yeah, that's it right. Is. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a couple more things. So I met a guy. Oh, yeah. And, and so I got to tell you how this happened. I'm friends with this guy, Tim the Mute, who is a bizarre indie musician. I heard he was in Sault Ste. Marie. And Darren, you know Sault Ste. Marie. It's a wonderful place. Yeah, but Tim's from Vancouver, so I was like... What are you doing in the Sioux? What are you doing in the Sioux? I said, you're going to be in Thunder Bay. And then it turns out, yes, he's going to be there the next day. Oh, yeah. He's on tour, he tells me. Oh, I'm totally going to go to your show. Well, no. He's touring, but his band isn't opening for this rapper or anything like that. He is like the merch guy or whatever. He's on the crew. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, they pull into town. They end up at the air lane. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, I'm bringing my buddy with me. Oh, okay. So I picked them up. And so we got, inter- you know, first time I'd ever met Tim in person. Yeah. Uh, know him online for quite a few years. And then this Dougal guy I'd never met before. So we started talking. They had never met each other before, but they're both from Vancouver. And they're and, doing this tour thing. Yeah, together. they're doing this tour. Now they've, you know, they're becoming friends. Tim says, the only thing I know about Robin is he uh, he's into video games, old video games. Mm. Oh, and you do a podcast too. Oh, yeah, I do a podcast. And I say, oh, yeah. The, I do this podcast about Midnight Oil. I love Midnight Oil. All of a sudden, yep. Dougal says, Midnight Oil? Oh, I worked their show last year. I'm That's. Like, <laughs> I'm like, no. He's like, yeah, I That's did. That's so cool. So when the Oils what did he play, do? played Vancouver, he was one of the light guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he, like, he probably didn't run the lights, but he probably set them all up okay. or whatever. Yeah. And then during the show, he said he was at stage right. So yeah. that's where... That's right beside Jim. Yeah. And I said, and you're beside the trumpet guy, Jack. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And I didn't have to do anything in the later part of the Did show. Did he have to catch the harmonicas or anything? <laughs> so that's what, and, and he said he managed to find this little corner and he was like basically right on stage, but oh, the crowd's view. Yeah, yeah. And just totally that's got so into cool. them. He didn't even really know Midnight Oil before. Is he a bit younger than us? Yeah, he's like in his 30s. Okay. So yeah. he's a kid through all the hits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he said that he had never seen such, so many passionate fans. Mm. Like he's be like, this is his career. Yeah. Is he's a guy who does shows. He had never seen that many intense fans just scream. Like when Pete walked out on yeah. stage, 
And he said, that guy has charisma. Yeah. Like he's never seen before from, yeah. you know, he's never seen a crowd reaction that way. And he said they really rocked and he just thought they were great. That's so cool. Yeah. So I was just amazed that, you know. <laughs> and, and what are the odds that you're going to run into this guy? When, That's right. Yeah. So shout to Dougal and thank you, Tim, for bringing him along. And the last thing I want to do, Darren, there's only one musician in this world that I like better than the oils, basically, mm-hmm. and only one bassist yep. who I've followed closer than the three yep. oils bassist. His name is Tim Chandler. He just passed away mm-hmm. uh, very unexpectedly, age 58. Mm-hmm. So I just want to acknowledge him. Uh, I, I think Tim, Tim Chandler, how would I put it? Just because I've studied him so close, his playing is like the grunt of Giffo. And the groove of bones mm. and the melodicism and inventiveness of Bear. Just kind of like everything that's great about those three guys was in him. He never made it big. Uh, he played for bands, The Choir, Daniel Amos, and on dozens of other studio albums. But, you know, never never became famous or whatever. And uh, I've mentioned those two bands very occasionally here, but just wanted to uh, yep. acknowledge his, his passing. It's a, it's a real blow for me it was just uh the only other musicians that could die and upset me as much would be the whales themselves so anyway i know you've you know you're oh yeah. you're familiar with his work and everything yeah yeah too, for so. sure Tim Chandler, 1960 to 2018. He will be greatly missed. Yeah. Shall we turn our discussion to the music, Mr. Harbin? We've been listening to some songs from the Earth and Sun and Moon era. Specifically, we've been listening to Warfrat, 21st Century Human, Red Indian, and Ships of Freedom. And by way of reminder... Or perhaps by way of introduction, here's what those songs sound like. With the walls, 
So, Robin, I was thinking yeah. that as we listen to the songs tonight, that uh, we're going to play a little bit of a game oh. tonight. Have you ever have you ever seen uh, CBC? Sometimes on their uh, YouTube channel, they do uh, Jam or Not a Jam. They'll usually have like a couple of musicians come on, and then they'll uh, just play some snippets of, of songs to them, and they have to say jam or not a jam. So it, thumbs it, up, thumbs down. Just thumbs up or thumbs down is yeah, all it means. Yeah. Okay. It's not, not necessarily saying I don't like the song if yeah. it's thumbs down, but either, wow, this is a good song, it's a jam, yeah. or it's not a jam. I thought it was like a jam detector, like, oh, I, I, <laughs> well, I don't necessarily mean like the, the, the spread, Okay. But just, yeah, I can tell they were jamming on this song. Well, and that's what I was thinking about yeah. when, when I was listening to these thongs. Uh, thongs. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, you know, it'd be a fun game to play, jam or not a jam, because, you know, some of these songs are some get a little bit jammy. have the jam. Yeah. Yeah. So first song we're going to look at tonight is Wharf Rat from 1992. This song was not only on the uh, backside the B-side of the Scream and Blue Sometimes live. Uh, Was it? I believe so. Or maybe not on the backside, maybe just on the disc, right? So just another one of the songs there. But of course, it was on the uh, Grateful Dead tribute album, Dedicated. Yeah, de dedicated. It's Well, de dedicated, but with a D-E-A-D at the beginning. So I know that Wharf Rat is a big favorite of yours. So if I was to ask you, jam or not a jam... Totally jam. I would expect that you would say it's a jam. But by both mean, like if we just mean it's good, yes. yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, and they really jam on they this jam. one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do they ever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love this song. Like I first heard this on those those pirate tapes that mm -hmm. we got. Those, what what would you call those things? There was like a tape tree that was uh, happening on the on the internets, on the Usenet, on the Powderworks mailing list. Yeah, back way in the back 90s. in the nineties. Yeah. yeah, and so this was either on songs for the White House gangsters or yeah. it's one of those. And when I say one. when I say pirate, I mean all of us were buying all their all those studio releases from yeah. the oils. Everything that said mineral oil that we could buy, we yeah, bought. We bought. So what these tapes were, were a bunch of rarities that were extremely hard to find, mm -hmm. you know, weird B-sides, or I don't even know how some of the stuff got out Yeah, uh, that was on those tapes. And I heard this and I was like, whoa. What like, in the world? This, this is awesome. And actually I got hit by the organ yeah. and the groovy bass and yeah. the guitars and the powerful drums, everything on Earth, Sun and Moon. When I first heard it as a 20-year-old, mm -hmm. I was just blown away by that. And just all that energy, and there was a, just a, such a different vibe on our sun and moon. And it's present in this yes. song, too, and Warfare. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Grateful Dead cover. Yeah, so it's music by Jerry Garcia, written by Rob Hunter. And you know what's really interesting? That I only learned about the Grateful Dead. I've never been into the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Um, I've just never really given them a try. Love me or hate me for that. That's just where it's at. But yeah. this is what I learned just looking into the background for this song. The Grateful Dead, they had a pretty stable lineup of musicians throughout their career. A few people came and going, came yeah. back and stuff over the years. But it was pretty stable. 
But in addition to a regular stable of musicians, they had a couple lyricists. They weren't singers. They weren't musicians. Rob Hunter was one of them. Um, He was just the band lyricist. (laughs) And so he wrote the song. And actually, I read a really interesting uh, story on one of the Grateful Dead fan sites that I'll put a link to in the show notes about how this song came together, Mm -hmm. um, about, you know, Jerry Garcia was maybe not in the best place as far as drugs and alcohol went. Yeah. And Rob was kind of writing the song to Jerry and perhaps he was saying or seeing, you know, Jerry, I could see you in this position Yeah. type thing. Yeah. Anyway, really interesting article. I'll link to it uh, for more of the background of how this song came together for the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the Dead had like a thirty-year career, or something crazy, starting yeah. in '65. Yeah, going something. through to the 90, early '90s. Yeah, yeah, until maybe '95 when was their Jerry final. Died. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's that's pretty incredible. Um, and and I was listening to the original uh, today. The original. Yeah, I was listening to a version from I think 1980 last night. It's my understanding that they never actually put down like a definitive album version of this, but maybe they did. Okay, this it sounded pretty polished. This yeah. version I okay. heard, as far as a dead song goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like the only dead record I have is Dylan and the Dead. Oh yeah, yeah, right you know, on. Bob Bob Dylan. Yep. Yeah, uh, jamming to them. I need to give it another try. I, I play it every five years or so and wonder. Whether you need to or not. Whether, yeah, whether I'll get it this time or yeah. not. Yeah, I, I haven't yet, but maybe maybe I'll be able to listen to the, something about it, yeah. you know, the, the music. Um, so apparently the Oils got asked to do, uh, to go on this compilation yeah. of the the Dead Icated yeah. album, and they didn't even really know the Dead at all. Okay, even though they, you know, it'd be in this band for forever. And this is uh, what would we say 92, 93, 90, 90, yeah, uh, yeah, ninety two, yeah, ninety two. So the Dead being around for coming up on thirty years at that point, and the, I don't know how they chose this song. Um, yeah, I was curious about that too, how that might have come about. Yeah. What what I notice about it is that this really this song and Under the Overpass sure. are almost the same song hmm. lyric like no, of course not the actual words. Yeah. But the story they tell yeah. and the structure, uh, how it's a story about the down and out. Mm-hmm. And then both of them kind of have hope, this kind of yeah. I'll fly away kind yeah. of gospel idea. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Uh, that it transitions into. And both songs are almost identical there. That's a really neat observation. And the, the two other things I just want to say about the original is that the oils covered it very, it's like they listened to the original and got the gist of what each musician was doing, like the bassist mm-hmm. and what the yeah. the organ with the keys, yeah. and then didn't try to duplicate that. Maybe they couldn't even duplicate it. Yeah. Like it, the original has a very interesting bass line, very mm-hmm. prominent bass line, well played. Would you say that it's much more mellow than the Oils version though? Yeah, yeah. Theirs is more mellow. A little slower paced. Yeah, a little slower paced. And the Dead seem very... 
they really listen to each other. There's a real feeling. Yeah. They get right down slow in this middle part in the song on their original version. I don't, I don't see the oils going there that often. Yeah. I think as far as tempo goes, like Rob really runs the band. Tempo is is Rob's job in the yep. oils, right? While I, when I'm just listening to the dead, I'm just imagining a different kind of interaction. Not say it's better mm-hmm. or or worse, just a different way of playing. Just an interesting kind of communication going on amongst them musically mm-hmm. that I was picking up on. I don't know if it was really there. I'm just listening to right. a recording how many years later. But yeah, I, I really appreciated that. Yeah. And I kind of think, particularly Bones kind of listened to that and then said, oh, that's kind of neat. Well, I got my thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, go- I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. So the original song had very big tempo changes. And the oils, hey, hey, we'll talk about that. More. Yeah, for okay. sure. And and even like Pete's treatment of the of the vocal line, you know, he kind of he sings it different than than Jerry. Uh, I think Jerry's vocal line kind of goes down at the end of every line, where Pete kind of sings and goes up a little bit. So yeah, like they're yeah. taking this is the song generally okay, and yeah. now we're gonna play it the way we play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I think everything the oils did is a bit of a nod to the original. Mm-hmm but definitely doing it their own way at the same time. Well, here's a question for you then. Yeah. What version do you like better? A dead version or an oils version? Well, this oils version I just love so much that I, yeah. I just, yeah. Uh, I have to give the dead more time again. Like I was saying, maybe I would really get into the dead one day. Yeah. But uh, the the way the oils play this is, oh, <laughs> I just love this. I like this, this version is, too. Yeah. So let's get into the music then. Yeah, well, let's go through it. Sure. I like that harmonica in- intro. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And do you like the echoey bass? Okay, that if there's one flaw in this song. <sighs> I love the echoey bass. Well, it's the really chorusy bass. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's it's tons of chorus. I've talked before about chorus isn't really my thing. And if there was only one thing I can improve in this song, I I would change Bones's tone. A little bit. Okay, but, that's but, fine. But it's okay. But you, yeah. I know you like it. I do like it. Load like on it the chorus. And uh, I guess really at the beginning of the song too, as far as the drums go, the whole thing is so moody at the yeah. beginning, right? Rob is just playing these low tom rolls and it just, it's the thunderclouds in the distance just rumbling away. Yeah. Creating that mood. Yeah, lots of mood and... Really, the only thing going on is that bass. Yeah. It's it's almost all the harmonic and melodic interest, it apart is. from just Pete yeah. singing his simple lines. Yep. And then occasionally the guitars just punctuate at the end of yeah. at the end of phrases. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So we get a couple verses through yeah. the song and around just before the two minute mark, I think around a minute forty or so. The organ starts swelling in. Gotta get get back on my feet someday. The organ kind of wells in. And uh, there's there's no drums for this break. But did you notice that something interesting happens with the time here? 
Oh, I didn't know. Is there a time signature? You're, there, you're, I did my homework again. You're doing your job. I did my job. Yes. Yeah, so it's a 4-4 song. And then when they come into this break, this chorus break or whatever it is, it switches to... Like it to 3-4. Almost like a waltz type yeah. thing. It's not as accentuated as a waltz. It's not as much of a 1-2-3, 1-2-3, but it's a 1-2-3, oh, 1-2-3. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That very interesting. There. Cool. Yeah. It also gets really, and I guess it's because of the organ sound of it as well. It's it starts to sound churchy or hymny, yeah, to me there. And the lyric is almost sounding maybe confessional or almost almost getting to the prayer like part here. Like earlier in the song, he says, you know, talking about his maker, presumably God, his maker. You yeah. know, he's no friend he's of no mine. He's no friend of mine. But you know, it kind of comes back to it. It does at this point. You know, the the good Lord willing. Um, yeah, so it's just an, an interesting change to the song here. Yeah, and it's that kind of a gospel kind of sound, mm-hmm. which has got a relation to the blues. And this is, I just love so many songs that are like this. They're they're sad songs, and they're like the blues, not like a 12-bar blues. Right. But the subject matter and the style of the playing mm-hmm. makes me think of the blues. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I really like that. And then after the break, here comes the rock. Yep. The bass kicks in with the eighth notes, mm-hmm. driving things. Bum, 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 yep. Bum. And uh, bones start sliding around. Yep. I'll get up and fly away. And there's like layered Pete vocal, like Pete and Pete. Vocals at the same time, I think, going on there. Yeah. Um, with the I'll get up and fly away bits there. That's right. And then the second time the I'll get up and fly away, this extra harmony comes in. I think it's at 310. Yes, I've got that there too. Yeah. I'll get up and fly away, fly away. Fly away. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that. Yeah, there's that, that, that huge lift. And I took a look at, um, I don't know if you noticed when you were listening to the dead play it, the oils skip half a verse there. They just don't include the first half of that, that section there. Oh, yeah. I actually didn't notice they dropped some. Okay. Yep. At 3.30, there's these guitar hits that are like the famous King of the Mountain hits that... Let's hear them. Yes. There's some great bass fills. Starting around three and a half, four minutes. Yeah. There's just all kinds of great bass stuff. So I'm not going to mention it all, but... But it's there. One good example is at 352. And I really feel this is, once again, you put Rob and Bones in the same room together and let Bones do his thing and don't have no producer telling him... What not to do. What not to do. Bones plays fun, good stuff. that high little it's a slide yeah (laughs) it's it's, yeah it's it's certainly not the biggest example of it but this is what he's doing he's just 
Oh yeah, having a lot of fun. I really feel like Bone, they, Bones is the guy in this song. Yeah, in in this many is ways, Bones the song. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like Bones can always be that when just given a good beat and told go have some fun. Yeah, yeah. So I feel this is one of those cases where they're probably all recording uh, almost all together in the studio yeah. at the same time. Yeah. This is like for a, a tribute album. They're probably, yeah, let's just get in there, book an afternoon. Let's get this thing done. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- this is what comes out. Okay, so from about the four-minute mark to the end, this is this is really where this song becomes the jam part yes. of the jam. Um, we've got swirly guitars with a lot of fuzz and distortion going on there. Yeah. So much of it seems to me like Jim-style playing guitar, but I can hear like at least a couple layers of guitar there. Yes. So I'm wondering, okay, what's Martin doing here? What's Jim doing here? I think at that 407 point is where you kind of hear that second guitar come in, and it almost has a little bit of stereo separation. Uh, I think the, the guitar that was playing stays in your left ear, and the new guitar comes in the right. And I'm thinking, oh, that was probably Jim over here. Is this Martin on the other side? Because Martin, if, if that's Martin on the other side, Martin's doing some really neat stuff that I don't normally associate with Martin-style playing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Martin's had a number of really cool solos over the years. Yeah. And I think I think that is him. I think Jim is making all that noise. Yeah. Um, and there's a whole bunch of delay on it too. Oh, yeah. And so it becomes really ambient, like really huge yes. and filling. Yeah. And then there's this relatively clean lead line that comes out that you could almost think of as like, we know for sure on progress mm-hmm. that Martin is playing that riff throughout progress, right? right. right? And it's that same kind of, to me, a similar tone. Yeah. And kind of a similar, it's not the same solo, but it's got that kind of vibe to it. So let's play a bit of that. had a regular-ish guitar solo amidst the noisy guitar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that wandering, yeah. but fairly clean, like relatively yes. clean guitar. Well, definitely compared to the other noise yeah. that's going on. Yeah. There's this really neat guitar thing going on. I have it written down in my notes as a waka, 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 waka kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. And it's neat because it seems to me there's it's some sort of distortion, echo, reverb effect going on. But it also seems to be just locking right in with the beat of the song as well. It sounds to me like it's uh, muted strings. Yeah. And then pretty much the whole rest of the song, it's over six minutes long. Yes, it is. It's six minutes and five seconds. Yeah. (laughs) So starting around after the five minute, maybe 520... It's almost like a bass solo going on under it all, too. Yeah. Yeah, and and Bones is just playing almost anything he wants. It's great, (laughs) and it's all fantastic stuff. So this is one I love to listen to, like, in my vehicle, loud, and I've never gotten tired of this. I've been listening to this one for probably about 25 years now, Mm -hmm. and I just think, man, this is great. And I I was about to say, this is the first time since the first album 
that we've heard Pete sing a lyric, but then I'm reminded, no, Gun Barrel Highway has... One of the greatest songs ever, too. Yes, exactly. Has perhaps objectionable lyrical content oh, as yeah. well. This one has has the F-bomb in it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Pete was doing much of that kind of talking at this stage in his career. No, I wouldn't think so. So, yeah, I think... so. T- Two things I think covered it. He's quoting a character. Yes. Like when when Pete is in his own character, that's not what he's going to put lightly in a song. Right. But as as a cover, when it's a different character. Yeah. So yeah, you've got those two things going for it. It's a cover of somebody else's song. Yeah. And he's singing in characters, somebody else. And he manages to hide it. I think there's a big Tom hit. Yeah, there is. Yeah. So he almost sings. Ucker. Yeah. Ucker. You know, it's just like he's like a trucker. It could be some other trucker's crime. Some other trucker's crime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so Darren, you were saying that there hasn't been a swearing word, no cussing, no cussing since, since the Gun first Barrel album. Highway. Yeah, in the first album. Yeah. Oh, except for Gun Barrel Highway. Yeah. Okay, but there's also Place Without a Postcard. It was Brave Faces. Brave Faces. They're all talking. Oh poop yeah, they're all me. talking poop to me. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, well remembered. Well yeah, we remembered. Got, we got to keep up with that clean lyrics badge that you put on the <laughs> iTunes there, right? That's right. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we will definitely put Warfrat in the jam category oh, yeah. for the jam definitely or in not the jam. a jam. Jam or not a jam, it's a jam. It's a twenty-first century Twenty-first century human. Human. <laughs> now you've been telling me that people have been giving you the gears for the way you've been saying human recently. Yeah, like, and and not just the way I pronounce the word, but the way I use it sometimes. Using human, like you know, us humans are really whatever, and yes. then people go, "What? Well, who uses the word human, <laughs> really?" Like, I think I'd give you a hard time, too. Yeah, you, well, you did. I, uh, yeah. Well, it's just such a Star Trek original series kind of thing when I hear it. And I was thinking that when I was listening to 21st Century Human as well. But I think that, I think maybe the, there was some purpose to saying 21st Century Human as opposed to person or man or guy or... Something like that. Like they weren't just being nerds. Like they weren't just being Star Trek nerds. Well, you're probably right. Well, yes, I don't think they were just being Star Trek nerds. <laughs> yes. Sometimes when I hear the word human, I tend to equate it more with the creature side of of what we are. We are these animals, and the type of animal we are is a human animal. Right. As opposed to a, yeah, some, some of our listeners might not like to hear this, as a person who is <laughs> different from an animal, but something special and unique in, right. in this world. Yeah, arguably something, uh, we can rise above being an animal. Like the, the yeah. reason we have all these laws and we hold each other accountable, we attempt to be better than just being raw animals. Yeah, well, you put it much better than I is, do. Isn't that a way of looking yeah, at it? Yeah, I think it? Like, so. I think that's a, a say, reasonable I'm, way of looking at it. I'm not just, it. yeah, I'm I'm a person. I'm not just a, 
I'm not, I'm not just an animal. I'm not just an animal. I'm not just a, a thing, arguably, yes. or I'm not just a, you know, I have self-determination or I have willpower. I have whatever. Yeah. 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 I'm not just running on instincts in my lizard brain. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It's a distinction. And that's right. The idea that human and person aren't pure synonyms, that they have a different slant to them, yeah. a different and so vibe. I'm, I'm, I'm speculating that maybe in choosing 21st century human, there might be something that they're trying to, to get across in that as well. Yeah. But let's talk about the, the Muzak first. Actually, let's just talk about the song. So this was a uh, 1992 Earth and Sun and Moon demo song. And just while I'm thinking about it right now, with 21st Century Human and Red Indian, uh, particularly um, a little bit different than Ships of Freedom because that actually did make it out on a B-side. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of polish to these songs for songs that didn't make it out until last year. Yeah. Really, right? I wonder how much work they put into the song before they put it out on Chico Lacalo. Um, but yeah, it sounds it sounds great as it is. Uh, actually, this was on Lasseter's Gold. Oh, this I think. was one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Lasseter's Gold. Good, good call. Um, Jim Magini, Peter Garrett get uh, credits with Mr. Martin Rotzi as well. Oh, yeah. Lyrical. They, I'm not sure. They don't clarify. Yeah, they don't clarify. So, yeah. but as far as lyrics go, it's like, yeah, I can totally hear this as a as a Jim and Pete song. This, oh, yeah. this sounds like it's in their vein. But it's nice to see uh, Martin getting a credit for something here too. Yeah, yeah. He may have come up with the main riff or something if he didn't contribute lyrically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we start with some nice fuzzy guitars and yeah. some mumbly bass. And this song is in A flat. Oh which yeah, is yeah. Unusual. Tells these things. Oh yeah. You know, I didn't mention that the original Wharf Rat was in A, and the oils matched it. They did the same key. Hmm. Yeah. But going on to 21st Century Human, yeah, we're in A flat on this one. Yeah, it's got a nice nice bass groove yeah. to it. Just like Wharf Rat, you've got a nice melodic bass line going just under that uh, acoustic guitar, at least for yeah. verse one. That's basically what you've got going on. And this song is a little bit more groovy mm-hmm. than a lot of their stuff, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's got... It totally fits in Earth and Sun and Moon as far as the groove goes, oh, though. Yeah. 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 And I, I love how Pete whispers these. Do huh. you? Do you love how oh, he yeah. whispers them? I, I love it in a slightly comedic way. Yeah. Yeah. Look out. Look out. It should be Spinal Tap. <laughs> it, that's what it reminds me of, especially when I'm listening in headphones. Oh, here he comes oh, over to this comes. side. Look out. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I guess I didn't listen on headphones. Does he alternate sp- no, ears or something? No, but he's in an ear. But he's in one ear, right? Yes. I think, yeah, I think he is in the right ear. Yeah. If I, yeah. Even just listening on my speakers, I think I was noticing it was coming more from the right. Yeah, and he's, he does it a number of yeah. times throughout yeah. the song. Yes. It's not like just one, oh, here's, that, that was kind of a neat little thing you did there. Yeah. No, you're doing it all the time. <laughs> it's the hook. Well, it's something. Yeah. It stands out a little bit too much to me, I think, but whatever. <laughs> There's a nice uh, crunchy guitar tone in that first minute. Every once in a while, there's just little bits of electric guitar. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Again, they show a lot of restraint with electric guitar. And I I have to remember that when I'm recording my own songs or whatever with electric guitar. I tend to just play it over everything. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's a pretty 
pretty good idea just to mix it up the way the the oils do for so well. They do a very nice job of it. Yeah. Now, you're talking about like this uh, fuzzy riff that's coming in kind of just before the chorus. Is that what you were talking yeah, about there? Yeah. Uh, I think it was a bit earlier. At 110, mm-hmm. there's this guitar riff that to me sounds like Capricornia guitar tone. Yeah. But with Blue Sky Mine style slow meandering melodies Mm. um you know i've talked about a lot of the guitar playing on blue sky mining the blue sky mine demos that there's a certain style of playing typified by river runs red yes intro yeah yeah that same kind of thing is present in this riff uh, at about 110 Guitar tone has been updated in a way, or changed. Mm-hmm. Sound a lot more like a Capricornia type of tone. Nice. That's how I feel. 21st century human. There's some nice vocal harmonies coming in with the high voices. It's either Rob or Bones or both yeah. of them. There's some slidey bass that goes, I think, up the whole octave. Bones is playing up on the... On the tiny strings. Up on the tiny strings, up at the top there, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) There's some great bass fills and groove. Mm -hmm. If you want to play a little clip from around 222. It's a 21st century human... Nice bass. Yeah. Did you notice, is that like banjo or mandolin coming in there as well? Oh, can, can you do it again? I'll listen for it better. Like Francis with the walls. New people seek light. Shining out from the headwater and the breast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there, there's a lot going on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, right. So, yeah, it does sound like there's a banjo or something yeah. like that. Really yeah. tapping out a... Yeah. Just just rolling through on the old banjo Roll, there. Yeah. Rolling away. With the old claw hammer going on. And, and then we were hearing it's Rob and or Bones. Yeah. More than just background vocals. Just kind of scatting along almost. Right up there with Pete. Yeah. And even... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah he says, oh, yeah, and they say... And just with like the, the rolling groove going on there, yeah. it just fits so well. Yeah. So this kind of groove, this is almost more groove of a certain type. Yeah. Then it's not like a funk groove. No, no. While some of Earth, Sun, and Moon was almost getting into that kind of funky kind mm-hmm. of groove, this has got that kind of groove. What are some '90s bands? I'm I'm thinking of Spin Doctors, Space Hog. No, can I think of any identifying Lenny Kravitz? No, no, no. More like not the grungy stuff. No, not the oh, grungy yeah, stuff. I know who you're talking about. Into this uh, kind and of the girl with the bee costume. Girl with the bee costume. No rain. Blind melon. Well, try, can you play me a little clip of blind melon? I don't think that's quite the, what I was thinking of, but that is that class of music. Yeah. There was this kind of 
spacey, druggy, groovy, yeah, but it, not funky, just laid back and mellow. Yeah, it wasn't funky. It was groovy and a, more acoustic. Yep. And, and this is dangerously close to that kind of music. <laughs> dangerously close. Yeah. Because... It's not... I just... Well, that's just not oils. Yeah, it's not oils. <laughs> but 21st but, Century Human, it's it's a fun... Like, I have no problem with it at all. Oh, yeah. No, I I like the song, but maybe it was good that they didn't fully ever go there. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, what is what is it from uh, Earth, Sun, and Moon? The Rob song with the video with the dancing girls. Like Outbreak of Love? Outbreak or... of Love, yeah, yeah. That was dangerously close. I think I'm on the record of as thinking... That's about as much of that as I want. That was going a little too far, in my <laughs> opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like the sounds and everything, but it was just not... Yeah. That's just not oils. I think Pete does have some doubled vocals in that little section there, too, just around the oh yeah bits going on. But maybe, yeah. maybe it's Bones and, and Rob, but I was thinking we had two Pete's singing in there as well. Yeah, there probably is. There might be two Pete's and each of them or yeah. whatever. It might be three or four people voices going on there. I'm going to let you talk about some stuff before I have something at 320. That's all I have too is that 320 thing. So is okay, it the same? So I am, it's a lyric oh, that I picked up. a lyric. Out. I had a musical thing going on at okay, 320. Well, let's, let's play it. Yeah. You listen okay. for the lyrics and I'll listen to the musical thing. Okay. So tell me, musically, what's standing out to you there? Well, it was a little bit pitchy at one point, but I don't know. I'm not, like, well, they're, they're singing. You wanted me to, oh, oh, you I'm had something. To, oh, what's the musical thing? Yeah. Yeah, uh, just that do-do-do-do-do-do, that triplet thing. Oh, yeah. Is basically the ending of Antarctica. The strings come in yeah. at the at the big ending, yeah. kind of climax of okay, Antarctica. Yeah. And it's almost exactly the same they're as that. They're doing that 3-3-2 three, three, pattern again. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that that's all I want yeah, to say. Yeah, that's interesting. I couldn't make out exactly what they were saying. It's not in the lyric sheet because it, it's Pete kind of doing his little, I'm throwing in some words here. And he starts talking about telecoms or telecommunications. And I just noticed those things now yeah. because of you picking them out so much in the breathe air kind of stuff. And yeah. I was like, oh, I wonder if Robin kind of picked up. He's yeah. kind of talking about some communication stuff going on. Okay, well, no, that, that'd be great if that's what's going on there. Yeah. Where are you, my 21st century, century human? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it just kind of grooves on out to the ending there. Yeah. Um, and the, the harmonica at the end there, it reminds me of the end of another oil song, but I couldn't I couldn't figure out which one it was. Did it strike you as anything? Yeah. I'm not really hearing that overtone. I'm hearing the fundamental the <laughs> Anyway, it reminds me of the end of another oil song. Well, kind of like place it. Well, kind of like the end of Blue Sky Mining. In the end the rain comes down, washes clean. The streets of the blue sky town. Well, maybe you're just adding an imaginary note on both of those songs. I don't know, I, I don't know that it's in Blue Sky Mighty. <laughs> oh, well. It makes for... Yes. That, that's some compelling podcast. <laughs> that's right. Oh, <laughs> if anybody else hears what I'm hearing there, I would love to hear. 
I'm not saying there isn't another really tiny bit of harmony up there, but the... Well, that's why I say it's harmonica. It sounds like you've got your guitars and stuff playing your thing, and you resolve all nicely, and then there's just this other sound, and I think it's the harmonica. Yeah, I mean, if it's in a harmonica, it's just because you kind of can't help but just blow a bunch of extra notes on that thing anyway. Sure, sure. So it's like, well, that's the next note. Next, all the other ones you're blowing on, oh, they're yeah. sucking on. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm not. I'm not saying they're doing something wrong here. Yeah, I'm saying it's interesting. Okay, and it does remind me of something they've done before. <laughs> yeah. The lyric is very Earth and Sun and Moony, don't you think? Like it, very Moony. Yeah, it could totally fit on the album. A lot of contrasts. A lot of references to either gods or, or mythologic type people comparing them to the mere humans, talking about the past versus the at least the present, or maybe even looking into the future for the 21st century, just looking ahead that next decade. Or next century. Well, yes, that next century that you're going to hit the next decade um, from 92 or wherever this is. Yeah. Um, comparisons between dream and myth type stuff and perhaps technology and the concreteness of of now. Yeah, so it's just kind of an, an interesting contrast looking about, you know, where are you? Where do you find yourself in this span of history? Do you relate to Icarus and to Francis of Assisi or those type of characters? Or are you are you stuck in the now looking towards the future? Are you living in the future even right now? Huh. It's yeah. kind of an interesting, uh, it's a fun lyric. Yeah, yeah. it's an interesting idea. I was mostly grooving along. Yeah. So would you say it's a jam or not a jam? Well, it depends how literal we're being let's, here. Let's let's do both of them. Is it a literal jam? I really like the bass playing on yeah. it. Yeah. Other than that, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's a jam as Warfrat or perhaps other songs are yeah. going to be a jam. Yes. Is it a jam as in, I, thumbs up, this is a jam. I like I, this song. I, I like the song enough. Yeah. Yeah. I like may- it too. Maybe it's my least favorite out of these four, but all four of these are strong songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's not like a a really distant fourth place. Yeah. Yeah. As much as I like Wharf Rat, if they'd never recorded Wharf Rat, I don't want to say, I don't know, I'm I'm having a hard time saying that I like 21st Century Human more than I like Wharf Rat, but I definitely like the fact that, oh yeah, this is good oils material, and yeah, really, I do really enjoy 21st Century Human. I like that. That mellow groove. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the song, but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Red Indian? Here we go. This is a, another 1992 Earth and Sun and Moon demo. Yeah, so it's also on Lasseter's Gold. Also on Lasseter's Gold. Yeah. Written by Jim and Rob together. Okay. And of course, this song becomes a song that we're going to be listening to next episode. It, it kind of becomes land. Yeah. Well, it, it obviously becomes land. Yeah, it, it entirely becomes land. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, I had actually written a fair bit about land, but maybe we should try and save most of that. Yeah, let's let's take time. Red Indian as on a unit terms. on its own now, and then we can compare it back when okay. we take a look at land next yeah, let's, time. Yeah, let's do that then. I really like how they each take a verse oh, yeah. at the beginning of the song. Yeah, it reminds me of like 
lost dogs and stuff who yes. I think Tim 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 Chandler, yeah, we Tim Chandler about earlier. played played bass for most of the dogs album lost dogs album and it seems like every lost dogs album they have one of these songs where everybody takes a verse yeah kind of thing and so yeah this was really fun yeah it's um, kind of that whenever you have like a super group so to speak yeah they do this sort of thing so who traveling wilburys yeah are another super group where they everybody would take a turn yeah what was the super group willie nelson was in the, the highwaymen Oh, maybe. Yeah, I think oh, that's yeah, a... maybe he was like with one of the Waylon Jennings or the other Jennings. Well, and, and Johnny Cash was in that one, I think. Okay, yeah. You got like four guys, everybody takes a verse. Now, of course, the Oils, we think they're a super group. They are a super group. So, verse one, Jim. Um, <laughs> I like how Jim gets the opening yeah. verse. And in the Earth and Sun and Moon era, that's where he was really coming into his own, would you think, as, yeah, I'm comfortable singing these things. And I'm taking I'm taking some songs. Or, yeah, yeah. Or that's, at least at least bits of songs. That's right. Like even today, I see certain powder workers uh, still say I don't like Jim's voice hmm. and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I like Jim's voice. But he's kind of like a an everyman kind of singer. Yeah. And I think we've made the comparison of John Lennon oh, yeah. sort of voice. Yeah, for sure. And somewhere from blue sky mining. Going into Earth, Sun, and Moon is when Jim decided he was going to start singing. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know if people have been asking him, and he'd been saying, no, I don't want to feel comfortable singing, whatever. Maybe we can just kind of take a little bit of lyrical content as we kind of go through verse by verse. As a Rob Hurst authored song, Jim and Rob, you can take it pretty much at face value as to what's going on and what you think Rob wants you to, to take away from the song. Overall, the song is about... Almost certainly about North America. You don't think it is? Oh, yeah. I I didn't know that it was necessarily about North America. Like, I I couldn't quite place the why Red Indian, especially because later on they're talking about don't see um, any other black men around. And I was thinking that would be the Australian Aboriginal experience. But yeah, why Red Indian? Why was Red Indian the title of the song? Like, I could almost see it as Canadian because of reference to the queens and learning the kings and stuff like that. It was just kind of a strange title for the song, talking about what I thought was talking about the Aboriginal experience under European conquest. Yeah, well, okay, the fact that they called it Red Indian, Mm -hmm. I mean, surely that is a reference to North American... Yeah, you would think so. Yeah, I I wasn't able to reconcile the actual title with what I was thinking that I was reading in the lyrics. I mean, it almost sounds like it could be about Canada... Yeah. Verse two, when you talk about, yeah, there being a queen hanging on the schoolroom wall or whatever, this to me is like residential school. Yeah, 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 exactly. The third verse, desert lands and the bones of dinosaurs. Well, there's no dinosaurs in Australia, are there? Are there dinosaur bones in Australia? I guess we well, I imagine there. I imagine there are. Are there? Okay. Yeah. But I mean, the most common place for them, maybe in the whole world, is in Alberta. Yeah. In, in our, yeah, that's true. And we've got it's desert. Def, definitely very prominent dinosaur bone place there, yeah, too. Isn't yeah, it, isn't it the uh, best? Well, there's a lot in China, and there, there's dinosaur stuff throughout the world. I was actually well, thinking I, I that this was... I know there are was, all over the world, but yeah. I thought it was just so... Okay, go ahead. I was thinking that the desert land was the northern territories or the outback, where it's just so dry and dusty out there. That would be true, but... Did, didn't the Aboriginal people live around Uluru and all that in the desert anyway? Yeah. It wasn't just getting banished there, yeah, was it? Yeah, I guess it? so. Yeah, that's true. While I could understand North American 
Well, they definitely did get banished. Yeah, we, they got to, displaced. Yeah. Like yeah. they, you know, got kicked out of all the prime locations yeah. where there's like lots of water and green. Yeah, yeah. But this sentenced me to forty years in a tall ship made of wood. Sent me down to Sydney Town. Mm-hmm. Are these different? Yeah, groups? maybe. Yeah, sure. This could be an experience of indigenous people throughout the world. I suppose, eh? Yeah. So that, that's right. It certainly could be about the colonialization. All over the world. Yeah. yeah. I think that I think that, that that's something that we could agree on. Um, so, But that first verse, you know, buried me up to my neck in the dry December ground. The cold came up to get me, blinded me in this land. Is that talking about, like, even torture and stuff like that? Yeah. It yeah. C- certainly sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, second verse, Rob. Yeah, Rob gets a verse. Rob gets a verse. And... The queen was in the picture yeah. frame in the weatherboard schoolhouse. Yeah. So this is what sounds like residential school to me. Yeah, and I had that written down as well. And I was going to ask you, like, do you know if they're, like, in Australia, did the Aboriginal people, were they forced to go away into white man schools as well? Yeah, there were Aboriginal... Yeah, it certainly could be Australia. Canada has a parallel here. Yeah, yeah, Uh, definitely, for sure. And so, you know, I mean, I guess we should assume it is Australia because, I mean... The band's Australian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but a lot of this it resonates so much. And this title of Red for sure, Indian for sure. makes me wonder, well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Of course, when this song got turned into land, yeah, that was done in, in Canada, Canada with, with a, a bunch, bunch of Canadian bands. Yeah, for sure. So that's another reason to wonder if there was a connection in the first place. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe their tours over the 80s and the 90s, you know, learning about this stuff, they decide to write about it. Verse three, is that Bones singing? Yeah, yeah, it's for sure Bones. Yeah, So, but it's not his high register. It's well, this nasally man register of Bones yeah, that we don't doing, hear as much. That's right. Yeah, you don't usually hear Bones singing, especially not in harmony. So for him to just be given the lead... He's like a, a regular sounding kind of guy. Yeah. But then you're as soon right while you're thinking, is this Bones? He jumps up like an octave with his verse, just to say, yeah, this is me, boys. They banished us to desert lands. We never understood. <laughs> and nobody else does that to the melody. Yeah, yeah of course. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey boys. Now you could touch this. <laughs> the golden tones of our man Bones. Yeah. yeah. And did you notice the other hilarious thing about them giving uh, Bones this verse? He sings his name. Oh, yes. Desert Bone or Dinosaur Bones. Yeah, he's Dinosaur. So I'm sure they're all like, Dinosaur bo- Bones? Hey, you're Here's, Dinosaur Bones. This, this you is sing. yours. Yeah. Um, verse four. Yeah. Pete finally gets to sing a verse. What else yeah. have you been doing, Pete? Oh, okay. Hey, you know what? No. Now I'm getting it. I think Jim, Rob, and Bones are all singing about different... Different. Sure. Th- there are three other people who got treated poorly, but they yeah. were all like... These, these are, are different voices these because are they're different people. Yeah. They are different people. And that's I think that's probably it. Yeah. Four different people with different stories of how they were mistreated. Yeah by the government and so on of the day. Sure. And Pete is the Australian convict being sent down to Sydney town. And you know what? Here's Pete, the convict, you know, in Mm -hmm. in this being sent down, but his line is, I made good in this land. Yeah. 
while we're discussing all the other people that suffered. Yeah. And then that's exactly, I think, what the course is getting to. makes it go at it. Yeah. every action has this opposite reaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all up until this point, you've got a simple electric guitar playing along, and then the acoustic does its thing for the chorus here. Is this Jim singing again for the chorus? So yeah, that's that's Jim singing that chorus. Yeah. And And it's interesting that they gave it back to him. And there's somebody else joining in a bit. And it just kind of calms down at the end of that chorus. Yeah, there's a nice drop-off. I want to say that electric guitar has some sort of a, a tremolo or some sort of a stereo... Uh, Do you think it's got one of those rotary speaker type yeah, things I going on? Yeah, I think a Leslie it is going? like a stereo Leslie kind of... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a really nice sound. And can we talk about what happens after the yeah, chorus? that's good. We hit okay, the we've chorus. we've got the nice little break, Yeah, calms down... And then the other Canadian connection comes in here. Yes, this they bring in Neil Young yeah. and Crazy Horse. Crazy Horse show Neil Young and Crazy Horse. You were show thinking up. the same thing? Oh, absolutely! Oh man, alive! Is this ever a Neil Young jam? It like, is yeah. such a jam, and so much like Crazy Horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's absolutely Crazy Horse. And there's and you can really hear like the room noise in the recording of it as well. Yeah, it's it's just a really nice, raw, rough, honest, loud jam. Yeah, and you know what? This is kind of like the best parts of Breathe yes. as well. Yes, for sure. And, and of course, we were connecting Breathe with Neil Young plenty yeah. back when we were talking yeah. about it. Yeah, this big guitar solo shows up, and uh, probably Jim. Uh, all kinds of fun slidey bass going on, mm-hmm. which is not so Crazy Horse. I've never been overly impressed with the Crazy Horse bassist, yeah. but anyway, yeah. Neil, Neil hires people who do what he wants, but, <laughs> and nothing more. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Awesome big jam. Yeah. I don't know. What what can you say about it? Well, Rob's just there doing his thing. He's the engine. He's keeping things on track. He's rolling along. He's the engine house. I wasn't listening to it so much last year when we were listen- when we had the early albums going on. And then we kind of lost the stereo separation, I think, of Jim and Martin in the later albums. And maybe this is because this is still just at a demo stage. That you've still got a little bit of that separation, but I was thinking that I was I was hearing the separation between Jim and Martin on this. I was guessing maybe it was Jim in the left. I guess you weren't listening on headphones, so you wouldn't yeah, you wouldn't have it. Yeah. And maybe Martin on the right. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, they're they're both doing their thing. They're trading licks back and forth. Fantastic stuff. Bones is really starting to noodle all over the place. Yeah, and he's doing these slides frequently. I think that they're more jammy here than they even were on Warfrat. Or at least the jam is more pleasing to my ears here than it was on Warfrat. Yeah, this is more of a Neil Young, while that other one was a a real Warfrat, was an amazing kind of cacophony driven, especially by the bass, Mm -hmm. and really noisy, almost ambient guitar. Yeah. Yeah. While this is a much more Mm guitar-led, big, nice guitar tone Gibson sort of style jam and so just like at the beginning of the jam they brought things down it drops back down again for verse five yeah uh who's singing verse five pete gets to sing that last verse yeah so again i'm thinking kind of like residential schools assimilation through education you know we will educate the indian out of the man 
Yeah. Was kind of the, the expression that was used in Canada. Yeah. The desk still smells of Indian ink and that English history. We had to learn all the kings by name, not a black face to be seen yeah. in this land. Yeah, there's a nice harmonica solo from Pete. Uh, yeah, after Pete's verse, singing mm-hmm. verse, he plays a harp solo. And is it a different style of harmonica solo, do you think? Yeah, a bit more wandering or a bit yeah. more... Yeah. bit more mournful perhaps that's what it is yeah just kind of sounding a little a little less rocky a little bit more yeah, yeah i guess i guess that's what it is a little maybe a more country westerny country and western often has that bluesy sadness tinge to it as well yeah i like both types of music the country, country and the western and western yes yeah, yeah. it's a good joke yeah, it's always a good it's joke. always a good joke <laughs> and then they do the thing where they just bring it down again and you think it's yeah. done but no. It's not done. Hey, Neil, Crazy Horse, come on back. <laughs> You're back on. And the jam gives her again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so it's another excellent time. This is an eight and a half minute song. Yeah. So we're at like six and a half minutes, two more minutes of rock. I don't want to say that I got tired of Wharf Rat. I did not get tired of Red Indian in these crazy jam sessions yeah. at all. Yeah. 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 Some really good stuff going on. I just want to point out... Rob has a really nice, like he's got lots of good drums going on, but he's got a really nice drum fill coming in at 646. I'll play it for everyone because it's fun. And around the seven minute mark is the sound of guitar that I have described as almost glassy. Yeah, and those could almost be harmonics. Some yeah, of I guess them. so, eh? Yeah. yeah. I was going to describe them as distant, echoey, reverby kind of guitars, but yeah, really high up there. It sounds like they could be harmonics. Yeah, they could be harmonics, which are, you know, played an octave or even two octaves above normal guitar notes, mm-hmm. usually. And they have a very different quality to them because yeah. they have this, they have a different series of overtones. Mm. The. When we hear a single note on a guitar, yes. or any instrument for that matter, almost, yeah. there's actually a number of notes we're hearing at once at various pitches above, and that's what gives a certain tone. Yeah. Like a guitar has a different one than heart, like a yeah, trombone sure. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like if you have a computer and it's just giving you a sine wave and you've yep. just got that, it's, it's a very clean tone, but not necessarily as pleasing as an instrument will give you. That's right. And so when you play a harmonica on guitar, it's a different technique, which I'm not really good to try to describe over a podcast, but <laughs> but it has a very different yeah. sound to it. Yeah, glassy. And Darren describes it as glassy. Classy. Classy Fred Blassy. Who's Classy Fred Blassy? He was he's he a wrestler. He's a wrestler manager. He okay. might have been a wrestler earlier. Yeah. By the time we knew him, he was a he was a manager. <laughs> There's some fantastic feedback going guitar feedback, which is also like a Neil Young thing, where like he'll grab his guitar and walk right up to that amp and this let the noise of the amp yeah. that's coming from the guitar influence the sound that the guitar is going to make going back into the amp yeah, and it creates this loop a feedback loop yeah which uh you could just control but if you, if you hear it it's pretty impressive it's... 
Yeah, that just. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> very nice. And bones is sliding all over the place. And some of those guitars almost sound a little like uh, Drums of Heaven. Parts of Drums of Heaven have some pretty neat atmospheric guitars going yeah. on. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of that. Very nice. Very nice. Very so, nice. So, would you say, as far as Grateful Dead Jammy goes, is it a jam? Oh, yeah, this is totally a jam. It's totally a jam. This is totally a Neil Young jam. Yes, but yes it is. Totally yes. a jam. And as far as jam or not a jam, the CBC game show, CBC uh, radio show goes, is it a jam for you? Oh, yeah, I, I like this yeah. song quite it's a bit. It's a jam for yeah, me, too. Yeah, this is, this is probably... Do I have to? I, I feel like ranking them today. I yeah, don't that might be funny. Yeah, so I kind of let's feel do that after at the end. At the end, yeah, okay. that'll be good. So let's head to that last song. Ships of Freedom, which is on the Chico Locallo. Yes. Um, 1993, this is a Rob Hurst song. It's the B-side of Outbreak of Love, actually. Uh-huh. So you can get two Rob songs for the price of one if you get the uh, Outbreak of Love right on. cassette. And this song really uh, got played a lot on the Great Circle Tour. Yeah, I was going to say, we heard this, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people, I think this was a little-known song, mm-hmm. but the Great Circle Tour greatly popularized it, yeah. so to speak. On my YouTube channel, my my little known Macbeth PSW one, yeah, uh, I've got half of Ships of Freedom that I filmed and did my special, you know, cutty cutty style video editing. So we'll link to that. Yeah, and this was part of the acoustic set, right? A little cocktail set where Rob brings his drums down, supposedly for a break. How is he getting a break? And he's hitting he's, that thing as hard as he possibly can. He's just sweating. And he's like, taking lead vocals on yeah. most of the songs. <laughs> Maybe it's a break for the rest of the band. Maybe it's so we can get a good look at him. Yeah, just he just wanted to show off. He's looking pretty good for a yeah. 60-something guy. He is. Yeah. I remember being greatly disturbed by you and your love for the cocktail drums back in the 90s. Yeah. Because, like, I wanted our band at the time to be, like, really rocking. Yeah. I wanted Darren to get, like, another kick drum and more of everything. Yeah. And Darren's like, you know, I don't know, just to be contrary or if this was for real. No, this it, was for real. Yeah, but he's like, yeah, I'm thinking about getting rid of my drums. And I really just want this cocktail kit that'll be, like, I'm like, what? I still want to carry it all around. Yeah, and it'll be like, here's my Tom and... uh Here's my one snare and my little splash. Yep. I'm going to be I'll awesome do. playing that. And you're thinking, no, you I won't. Like, I don't want to play that kind of music. Yeah, that's like, what? But you can. You could. <laughs> we didn't. Ships of Freedom. Yeah, Ships of Freedom. That's what we're talking about. Starts with the with the the tape head being engaged on the rolling tape. Yeah, yeah. It's something that they did. Was it last uh, last show that we were, or last episode we were yeah, talking about them doing that? We just that? heard that on another song recently. Mm-hmm. Which is like high production values for a demo, for something they, they yeah. weren't quite sure that was going to make the album well, yet. Well, unless it really is accidental or legit, like yeah. maybe it just happened. Maybe it just happened. And, and do you, I love that little quote. Do you hear the talking? Yeah, we know what tune it is. Yeah. <laughs> Who is that? I think it's Jim. Oh, yeah? But I'm not positive. Yeah, but... I was thinking, man, that doesn't sound like any of the guys to me. Maybe it was just like 
We know what tune it is. One of the studio guys saying something that I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I find that pretty funny. Rihanna, yeah. I played that for Rihanna a few times. And she, for whatever reason, it was just striking her as very silly. Yeah. We know what tune it is. We know what tune it is. Well, I would hope so. You're about to play it. Yeah. So the song starts uh, in the key of F. Mm-hmm. Some clean electric guitar, bass, drums, kind of a straightforward. And Pete just singing in a very straight way, straightforward way. Clean electric guitar, the bass, the drums, straightforward vocal from Pete. Yeah. And then some nice little piano comes in. Yeah. Bright, this kind of bright, bright piano. Okay, well, that I wanted to ask you about this. We've got very prominent organ and very prominent piano yeah. in the song. Jim can't be playing both of it at the same time. Of course, it's the studio. He can play yeah. the organ track. He can play the piano track. Yeah. Very Earth and Sun and Moony. Yes. And, um, and this is what he did a lot of on the Earth and Sun and Moon. Yeah. And then that's why when they went on tour... They had to bring Chris Abrams in to play along. They brought a sixth member yeah, and, and Gary got right. bumped to seventh. I guess, well, maybe maybe Chris was the seventh. Well, was no, no, Gary no. around at yeah, this yeah, point? Yeah, yeah, Gary was. And the, the reason I say that is they actually made that joke. One of the live Midnight Oil, like, I don't know if it was the Much Music production yeah, yeah. or the MTV sure. one or whatever, actually had Gary Morse listed mm-hmm. as the seventh member in the credits. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> That's a good joke. Yeah, it's, it's their joke. So... Yeah, I remember way back in the day, in the early days of the podcast, when we were talking about, uh, we would talk about all the members of the band. At one point, I think you and I had said, oh, we should we should talk about Gary Morris on one of the podcasts. You know, just, and we never did. And we never have. Yeah, so nobody's, maybe, and nobody's ever asked for it No, either. I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> so something that uh, just stood out to me again, listening through it now, is that really nice passing note between the the first half and the second half. Of that first verse. Common ground between us. Factories cold. Yeah, it kind of, it's in it's it's yeah it's like a it's a upward passing note which I think is a little bit more unique something that you don't hear yeah. quite as much. Yeah, uh, I don't know if the word is compositionally or whatever like arranging wise or the musical complexity mm-hmm. this is actually the the top song mm. of this four today yeah uh as far as the number of chords i guess we'll get to it but it's got key changes yeah okay. it's got interesting chords yeah um so from that perspective which doesn't make it a good song automatically but from the complexity or whatever we want to call it this yeah. song's probably the most interesting there's a lot of musical yeah. interest yeah and this is a jim song this I... is a rob her song only rob well so and so maybe that those credits are mostly based on lyrics because yeah. this sounds like a yes this could be very much a rob her song lyric wise yes but as far as the interest musically goes you know jim's in there well yeah and especially we know it was jim almost certainly playing oh yeah Organ and uh, piano, yeah. and probably one of the guitars. Yeah. So surely this is a song where Rob has lyrics and maybe a basic chord idea. Remember, but... were we talking on one of the podcasts, or were we just talking at that one point on our own um, about how Rob would write his songs and he would come in with his like little mini keyboard and it would be all pre-programmed. Exactly. I can just imagine Jim just 
listen, okay. I, I think I can handle that, yeah, I Rob. Could, I could. I'll, I'll do my things with that. That's right. And we'll Th- turn it into thanks something. Thanks a lot, Rob. Tur- turn that off now, please. <laughs> Some nice running bass lines in this kind of nice, uh, almost a jazzy kind of yeah. bass playing yeah. style. It does sound a little bit like Common Ground to me. And isn't this a song yep, where the lyrics lyric. Common yep. Ground? Yep. There must be some Common Ground and between us. And I get us. a little bit of that Common Ground musical feel mm. as well okay. in this song yeah, a little cool. bit. And then when the chorus comes, it goes to B flat. It jumps from F to B flat. Okay. So that's kind of cool. There's cool bass and organ stuff going together. Yeah. solo starts it jumps back to f the key jumps yeah. back to f and then there's this great organ solo yeah. like oh i'm just like totally into this yep and there's even it sneaks an f minor in to hear where it goes to the minor goes back up to the F major and, and the, this song has some nice lifts and that kind yeah. of changes yeah. like and, and the organ's just like alien great organ I guess I'm just so used to key changes just being going up like a step oh yeah those and, cheese, and they're quite obvious the cheesy so, church kind yeah and totally sing along yeah kinda, woohoo. <laughs> so something like this classy all the way and it just and it just it's just seamless and it just sounds so nice and like you're saying it's a lift but it doesn't stand out as something obvious that's happening. For what it's worth, me and Robin kind of made up this song. I don't think it was all Robin because it's basically a, this bass song that we used to play out at summer camps, particularly at the Thanksgiving camp. It was called Hello, Mr. Turkey. Oh, yeah, Hello, Mr. Turkey, yeah. Maybe I came up with the lyrics or something and <laughs> Robin, and basically it was just modulation through key after key after key after key. Yeah. It's just one little riff. Yeah, and the melody's kind of stolen from... Well, and it's just kind of variation on is it on the Jeopardy song or do, something? Do 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 yeah. Do 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 <laughs> okay let's talk about ships of freedom yeah let's keep going solo goes from to f minor then back to f major and then there's some nice meandering piano coming in mm-hmm. and then it goes to f minor again and then back to b flat it's all over the place for another chorus yeah and then the la la la's and then there's those great harmonies like oh yeah yeah on, on that big group vocal yeah. second chorus and that nice piano in there piano. Yeah. yeah this this is a really big production the only thing i can say negative it's almost like it's getting into schmaltzy territory sure. almost getting into like uh not that you're showing off but there's just so much good ish stuff yeah, it is good stuff it is good but it there's is just good. so many tricks you're throwing in there. Yeah, it's it, like, are you showing off? No, you're not showing off. It's a great song. Like it's almost Elton John at his, sure, at his sure. sparkly best. Yeah. you know. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like yes. he's, just, he's just shining. Yeah. <laughs> Sequence all over. Yeah. Just, 
it's almost just getting a little too into that, but it is really good. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then it finishes off with the organ thing and yeah. it kind of builds, I think you were going to talk about this. It builds up that really weird chord at the end on the organ. Eh? Yeah. And the organs just like, I assume it's like a, a, a totally a real mm-hmm. organ that Jim had there in the air studio. powered. Yeah. <laughs> it's using lots of real air. <laughs> Did you talk to Rihanna at all about how that last chord was made up or anything like that? Do you have any? No, she thought it was cool, but I I didn't. Uh, I didn't press her, her to dissect it. Yeah, I think she gets tired of me saying. So can you tell me all the notes in that chord? <laughs> She's like, Dad, it's so you know, fine, you know, B flat, F, C, D. Yeah. You know, she'll name them I'm all. I'm not a machine, stuff. you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm a person, not a I'm human. a human. <laughs> no, you're a person. <laughs> So yeah, some nice swirly organs, and it ends. Yep. Lyrically, this song comes under a fair bit of criticism Hmm. amongst the powder workers. Okay. Because of the lyrics. Just too literal, too in your face. Like, there really isn't the slightest bit of metaphor going on here or anything. It's just an absolutely literal song. Yep. Like, feed the children. You know, it's... Except the refugees. Yeah, these ones are refugees, but save the whales or whatever. (laughs) That would make a great tune. Save the whales, tuppence a bag. Oh, wait, that's feed the birds. Feed the birds, tuppence a bag, tuppence, tuppence, tuppence a bag. No? You know Mary Poppins? I don't even remember that song in Mary. That was in Mary Poppins? Oh, yeah, I'll put it in the show notes for you. Oh, thanks. You just substitute save the whales. I'm not going to listen to it. Okay, fine. Yeah, it's a Rob Hurst song. Yeah. Pleading for some more humanity or which make is, some room. Which is a fine idea. Yeah. I don't think anybody's knocking the no. the content. So feed the whales, feed the birds. <laughs> feed the children's. Don't turn back the ships of freedom. Yeah. Jam? Yeah, yeah. Like I like the song. It has those great organ solos. Yeah. It does have fun bass playing too. Yeah. And uh, and really cool little piano bits yeah. and yeah. So it's a jam, is an I like this song. It's a jam. Yeah, I like this song. It is a jam. Uh, it still is probably my number three. Yeah, out I of... would put it as number three. Oh two, yeah, I think. are we good? Are we well, okay. Rank that. And as far as jamminess goes, yeah. As far as like Wharf Rat or Red Indian Jammy goes, it doesn't jam that much. But no. you know what? With that organ, like it's it, it's, it's up there. It's trying. Yeah. It's or up maybe there. it's not trying, but yeah, it's it's got yeah. potential. Jam yeah, potential. Yeah. So how about we try and rank these four sure. songs? That's good. In I... order of preference. Darren goes first. Oh, okay, I'm going to split them into two groups. I'm going to put 21st Century Human and Red Indian in my top of the group, and I'm going to put Wharf Rat and Ships of Freedom in my second tier. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to put Wharf Rat at number one, because, boy, I just, I have loved that song for yeah. so long. That doesn't surprise me. And I am going to say number two would be Red Indian, mm-hmm. and then number three is Ships of Freedom. Mm. Rounding it out with 21st Century Human. And then 21st Century Human. Century Human. See, but I do like all four songs. Yeah. These are all good songs. Yeah, I enjoy them all too. Um, I, I'm i going to rank Red Indian as number one for me. Okay. 
21st century human is number two. Wow. Ships of Freedom is number three. And Warfrat as number four. Wow. Not not that I dislike Warfrat, yeah. but I I I think I just appreciate the oils through oh, and through songs. We're dangerously a bit more. close to having an absolutely reversed yeah. list yeah, there. For sure. <laughs> wow. What's the closest that we have together? Red Indian, I said it was number two. Yes. And you said it was number one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Red Indian is today's winner. There you go. Yeah. That was kind of fun. <laughs> and we'll throw the other ones off the island. Yeah, everybody We'll break else the off. records. We haven't done that for a while. Remember the, the keep it and get it rid yeah, of it? Yeah, keep it and get it, year. yeah. Next time on Comfortable Place on the Couch, your homework, children. I'm going to butcher how it's pronounced. Colomay, the B-side of my country. Glitch Baby Glitch, that Power and Passion remix. Oh, that one. Uh, which is also a B-side of my country. Yeah. And Land from Chico Lacalo. So it might oh, be a little only bit... Three, only three songs? Only three. This is this is the part two of Earth and Sun and Moon That's era why. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and how, how many more do we have ahead of us on this kind of thing? Do you have... For those keeping track at home. So next episode, yeah, we will finish the Earth and Sun and Moon era songs. Then we've got Breathe to do, and we've got five songs to do from Breathe. So we can either split it over two shows, or we can do one show for Breathe. Yeah. Um, and maybe we'll just do one I show for Breathe. I didn't know there were going to be like five. Yeah. We've got four songs from the Redneck era, and we've got three songs from the, what I call the Y2K era. And then we've got three songs of other fun that I want us to do as well. Wow. So, so got one, lots ahead two, of us. three, four, five, maybe six shows. And with that, it's time to put the lid back on that tank and say goodnight until next time when we'll be listening to some more Earth and Sun and Moon era tunes on Comfortable Place on the Couch, a Midnight Oil podcast. Suggestions, comments, hate mail, just want to get your name read out on the podcast you can get in touch with us from our website, thecouch.website. Yes, that's a real URL. In addition, Robin and I are both on the Twitters. I'm at Darren the Folds. He's at Bedford LVL EXP. When you're at thecouch.website yeah. to check out the show notes, because we're going to have lots of fun show notes there, you might uh, take a listen to one of our other podcasts there uh, that we do, the Growing Up 80s podcast. Yeah. We talk about movies and games and whatever. From 80s the 80s. Stuff. So for Robin Harbin, I'm Darren Folds. Good night. Good night. Don't turn back the whales of freedom. Yeah!